Welcome to a new and exciting website, Golden Gems, featuring some of the golden classic music of all time. We feature hourly a specific artist and their contribution to the music industry. Join us now with music that is timeless and unforgettable, Golden Gems. Well, this is Dave and Bill back again on our Golden Gems podcast. Uh, discussing today a little bit of the history and the personal life of one of the greatest performers, both singer and actress, of the golden days of radio. Doris Mary Ann Kappelhoff was born on April 3, 1922, in Cincinnati, Ohio, the daughter of Alma Sophia and William Joseph Kappelhoff. Her mother was a homemaker, and her father was a music teacher and choir master. For most of her life, Day reportedly believed that she had been born in 1924 and reported her age accordingly. It was not until her 95th birthday when the Associated Press found her birth certificate showing a 1922 date of birth that she learned otherwise. The youngest of three siblings, she had two older brothers, Richard, who died before her birth, and Paul, two to three years older. Her parents soon separated. She developed an early interest in dance, and in the mid-1930s formed a dance duo with Jerry Doherty that performed locally in Cincinnati. A car accident in October 13, 1937, injured her right leg and contailed her prospects as a professional dancer. While recovering from her car accident, Kappelhoff started to sing along with the radio and discovered a talent she did not know she had. During this long, boring period, I used to while away a lot of time listening to the radio, sometimes singing along with the likes of Benny Goodman, Duke Ellington, Tommy Dorsey, and Glenn Miller, she told to one of Day's biographers. But the one radio voice I listened to above all others belonged to Ella Fitzgerald. There was a quality in her voice that fascinated me, and I'd sing along with her trying to catch the subtle ways that she shaded her voice the casual yet clean way she sang the words. Observing her daughter sing rekindled Alma's interest in show business, and she decided Doris must have singing lessons. She engaged a teacher, Grace Rain. Rain was so impressed that she gave Doris three lessons a week for the price of one. Years later, Day said that Rain had the biggest effect on her singing style and career. During the eight months she was taking singing lessons, Kappelhoff had her first professional job as a vocalist on the WLW radio program Carlin's Carnival and in a local restaurant, Charlie Yee's Shanghai Inn. During her radio performances, she first caught the attention of Barney Rapp, who was looking for a female vocalist and asked if she would like to audition for the job. According to Rapp, he had auditioned about 200 singers when Kappelhoff got the job. While working for Rapp in 1939, she adopted the stage surname Day at Rapp's suggestion. Rapp admired her rendition of the song Day After Day. After working with Rapp, Day worked with band leaders Jimmy James, Bob Crosby, and Les Brown. While working with Brown, Day recorded her first hit recording, Sentimental Journey released in early 1945. 
The song continues to be associated with Day, and she re-recorded it on several occasions, including a version in her 1971 television special. While singing with the Les Brown Band and for nearly two years on Bob Hope's weekly radio program, she toured extensively around the United States. Her performance of the song Embraceable You impressed songwriter Jules Stein and his partner Sammy Kahn, and they recommended her for a role in Romance on the High Seas in 1948. Day was cast for the role after auditioning for director Michael Curtis, who wanted a singer who looked like the all-American girl. Day was the discovery of which Curtis was proudest during his career. Her most commercially successful film for Warner was I'll See You in My Dreams in 1951, which broke box office records for 20 years. Day appeared as a title character in the comedic Western-themed musical Calamity Jane in 1953. A song from the film Secret Love won the Academy Award for Best Original Song and became Day's fourth number one hit single in the United States. Between 1950 and 1953, Day also had her own radio program, The Doris Day Show. It was broadcast on CBS in 1952 and 1953. Having become primarily recognized as a musical comedy actress, Day gradually took on more dramatic roles to broaden her range. Her dramatic star turn as singer Ruth Edding in Love Me or Leave Me in 1955, with top billing above James Cagney, received critical and commercial success, becoming Day's biggest hit thus far. Cagney said she had the ability to project this simple, direct statement of a simple, direct idea without cluttering it comparing her to Laurette Taylor's Broadway performance in The Glass Menagerie, 1945, one of the greatest performances by an American actor. Doris said it was her best film performance. Producer Joe Pasternak said, I was stunned that Doris did not get an Oscar nomination. The soundtrack album from that movie was a number one hit. Billboard's annual nationwide poll of disc jockeys had ranked Day as the number one female vocalist nine times in ten years, 1949 through 1958. But her success and popularity as a singer was now being overshadowed by her box office appeal. Boy, what a wide range of talent this great gal had. In 1959, Day entered her most successful phase, as a film actress with a series of romantic comedies, Pillow Talk, Lover Come Back, and Send Me No Flowers, 1964. During 1960 and the 1962 to 1964 period, she ranked number one at the box office, the second woman to be number one four times, an accomplishment equaled by no other actress except Shirley Temple. By the late 1960s, the sexual revolution of the baby boomer generation had refocused public attitudes about sex. Times changed, but Day's films did not. As a result, she slipped from the list of top box office stars, last appearing in the top ten with the hit film The Glass Bottom Boat in 1966. She starred in the western film 
The Ballad of Josie, 1967. Her final feature, The Comedy with Six You Get Egg Roll, was released in 1968. After her third husband, Martin Meckler, died on April 20th, 1968, a shocked Doris Day discovered that Meckler and his business partner and advisor, Jerome Bernard Rosenthal, had squandered her earnings, leaving her deeply in debt. They also learned, to her displeasure, that Meckler had committed her to a television series, which became The Doris Day Show. It was awful. I was really, really not very well when Marty passed away, and the thought of going into TV was overpowering. But he'd signed me for the series. I found that it wasn't nearly the end of it. I had also been signed up for a bunch of TV specials, all without ever anybody asking me, she said. Day hated the idea of performing on television, but felt obligated to do it. The successful show enjoyed a five-year run. By the end of its run in 1973, public tastes had changed, as had those of the television industry, and her firmly established persona was regarded as passé. Day was scheduled to present, along with Patrick Swayze and Marvin Hamlish, the Best Original Score Oscar at the 61st Academy Awards in March of 1989, but she suffered a deep leg cut and was unable to attend. She had been walking through the garden of her hotel when she cut her leg badly on a sprinkler. Day was induced into the Ohio Women's Hall of Fame in 1981 and received the Cecil B. DeMille Award for career achievement in 1989. In April 2014, Day made an unexpected public appearance to attend the annual Doris Day Animal Foundation Benefit. The benefit raises money for her animal foundation. In a rare interview with The Hollywood Reporter on April 4, 2019, the day after her 97th birthday, Day talked about her work on the Doris Day Animal Foundation, which was founded in 1978. On the question of what was her favorite film, she answered, Calamity Jane. I was such a tomboy growing up, and she was such a fun character to play. Of course, the music was wonderful, too. Secret Love, especially, is such a beautiful song. Day's interest in animal welfare and related issues dated to her teen years. While recovering from an automobile accident, she took her dog, Tiny, for a walk without a leash. Tiny ran into the street and was killed by a passing car. Day later expressed guilt and loneliness about Tiny's untimely death. In 1971, she co-founded Actors and Others for Animals and appeared in a series of newspaper advertisements denouncing the wearing of fur. After her retirement from films, Day lived in Carmel-by-the-Sea, California. She had many pets and adopted stray animals. She was a lifelong Republican. Her only child was music producer and songwriter Terry Melcher. He died of melanoma in November 2004. Day owned a hotel in Carmel-by-the-Sea called the Cypress Inn, which she originally co-owned with her son. Day was married four times, from March 1941 to February 1943. She was married to trombonist Al Jordan, a violent schizophrenic who later took his own life. They had a son, Terrence Paul Terry Jordan, 1942 to 2004. 
Her second marriage was to George William Weidler from March 30, 1946 to May 31, 1949. Weidler and Day met again several years later during a brief reconciliation. Day married American film producer Martin Melcher on April 3, 1951, her 29th birthday, and this marriage lasted until he died in April 1968. Day's fourth marriage was to Barry Comden, 1935 to 2009, from April 14, 1976, until April 2, 1982. Day died on May 13, 2019, at the age of 97, after having contracted pneumonia. And she still thought she was 95 until they found that birth certificate. Her death was announced by her charity, the Doris Day Animal Foundation. Per Day's request, the foundation announced that there would be no funeral services, grave marker, or other public memorials. Well, she was a memorial herself. They didn't need many. Those, those films still intrigue me. I still remember one i got to share. Is this one where she was with James Garner. She was doing TV ads to do a soap thing. And they decided to put a, a swimming pool in the backyard. And he didn't... He didn't get any. She didn't tell him, and he drove home with his convertible, went right into the pool. I still remember that. Those were just some of the fun things that I remember about Doris Day's movies. To learn more about Doris Day's career and to listen to several of her most popular hits, we invite you to go to our website, www.goldengems.net, where we feature her career as well as many other artists and their music from the golden days of radio. Thanks for joining us today for GoldenGems.net. If you like what you hear, tell your friends about us. Go to GoldenGemsRadio at gmail.com and record your comments. Join us again next time on GoldenGems.net with the greatest music of all time, unforgettable favorites.